Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. And if you guys have not gone onto the site and actually uh, become one of my sponsors, I would greatly appreciate it. If anybody feels like they should be doing it, you should. It, it, the money will be going towards the church basically for for me to be able to do things uh, as a pastor and be able to basically fund me in a, in a way to be, be able to help others and to be used. As we get ready to move and start out there, it would be really a blessing so if you haven't thought about it but maybe you need to pray about it then go ahead and do it um it'd be awesome if you did anyway so i decided that we're going to be talking about kind of not really going back to the progressive christianity mindset but we had to understand that what we talked about when we talked about progressive christianity is a big deal it does exist and it is a problem and what we've discovered what we're seeing in the in these I guess you could say later generations of Christian is a observe an observation more of how they're thinking, how they're seeing this world, how are they responding to philosophy and talking to people. Um, many many people have been more acceptable of things that are not biblical. Um, they're more willing to compromise or be tolerant of things that are not biblical. And one of my favorite ones that I hear a lot, and this even comes from Christians too, is the don't judge me. Don't judge me. Now, I want to be clear about something. There is a section of scripture that talks about this specifically, but we're not going to go to those verses because that's not the point. The point is that what we got to talk about is the false teaching philosophy that's getting thrown into our church culture that's creating the don't judge me mindset. A lot of times we sit there and we talk about like false teachers, for example, people, especially pastors that a lot of people have pointed out as false teachers. And a lot of people are calling those that call them false teachers as maybe self-righteous or they don't understand <coughs> or maybe that they're just being mean or, you know, this is just a, a better way of looking at things and you, you, you like you're stuck in the old ways. But the truth is you have to really pay attention to what these men and even women are actually speaking about and teaching. The phrasings that they use are so easily, easily misunderstood by someone who may not understand their scriptures very well. And a lot of it is a lot of emotional views that get involved into the way they want to think. And yes, we do have to consider the demographic in which those people live in. We do have to consider that maybe the words that they use fit the demographic of people that they're connecting to. So you can't always take some words as literal just because you may take it as a literal understanding of what they mean. You have to understand that they also have to speak or talk with people from where they're from. And a lot of times the culture thinks differently. But that does not excuse the heresy or the false teaching that they are using to fit into, fit into that culture, or that demographic that they're involved in. And one of the cool things about Paul is that Paul actually does in scripture call out people by name 
to speak on what they're doing is wrong. That's not biblical. That's not the right way of what he and the other disciples have been teaching their disciples. And those disciples have been teaching other disciples. And he warns us about it, about those type of people. And he calls them false teachers, but he does call them by name. So the idea of him so-called judging them is actually right because he's confronting their wrong. And he even makes mention that they're so off key from what they're supposed to be taught based on what Christ had called them to do, that he is handing them over to Satan to deal with them. In other words, allowing their consequences and their actions that this choosing of, of speaking and the way they are thinking to allow the enemy to have them and, and deal with them and go and use them for the way they are in hopes that they discover redemption and return and repent for what they are teaching. And sadly, this mindset is in many churches and it is, it may seem or appear good because the intention may be good, but doesn't mean that it's biblical. The intention may be justified in, in action and word, but scripturally they're off and they're wrong. It's same with the <clears throat> excusing of sin by basically saying, well, Christ saved me, so you shouldn't be upset with what I do because I'm saved by grace. No, uh, there's no repentance there. You're basically telling someone else, you can't judge me because Christ has already saved me. And that's a false teaching. So if we go to Romans, um, get my Romans. 16 or 17 and talks about and now i make one more appeal my dear brothers and sisters watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you've been taught stay away from them so he's not asking us to be all lovey and like caring for these people in the sense of like let them continue to create division and issues and teaching bad in fact it's almost telling us to basically kick these people out until they get on track and don't associate yourself with them because you could be influenced by what they're teaching. So you need to be really careful. So the question comes, but what happens if this teacher or pastor has really taught me some good things and it really helped me when I really needed to be taught this stuff, you know, the, the, the scriptures he did share the understanding that he did present, is it okay for us to actually be around them? And my conclusion is, it needs to be based on this, we should probably stay away from them. Because what happens is you start getting influenced by them. And their teaching has become kind of almost blurred enough where you, you kind of excuse the mistakes that they make. And you become comfortable with the techniques that they're using and, and the methods that they're using. But then the question is, what should we do? Well, I, I would pray for them. I, I don't think you should run around con condemning them because they are, they are being condemned in, in many ways by God. But if you can, I mean, confronting them would be good, but it, it doesn't always work all the time. So prayer is basically the best thing that we could do. If we are a pastor that actually knows these people, then we should call them out. 
least try to and speak on it and not be afraid to. The truth is, this is also kind of new for me too because I, I've been studying a little bit more deeper about false teaching and progressive Christianity especially being basically kind of like the forefront for a lot of this movement is because a lot of people want to see like the newer generations even my generation we want to see changes in churches that are good and that are biblical and that are sound the problem is a lot of these people have taken that in the intention to do that but they become too progressive in the way they approach it so people accept it because they're so afraid that if they don't, then they have to go back to the way that it's always been and it doesn't seem like it's necessarily working. And I'm not talking about the gospel message. I'm not talking about the Bible. I'm just talking about how we approach and deal with people in this culture. So then they throw out the card, don't judge me. You shouldn't judge them. Don't judge me. You know, just because you're, you know, you're not more high and mighty than me. You're not, you're being self-righteous by judging me. No, no, no. If you know that there is truth, if there's scriptural evidence of truth, absolutes that we hold to, we are allowed to actually confront our brother and sister in Christ. That's why the verse that I was talking about that people like to use, you know, judge me, judge me not unless you be judged too, that is actually not for people outside of the church. That is for believers and it is designed to make sure that you and I don't run around with a log in our eye and confront other people for their splinter when we have not dealt with our own issues. We have not dealt with our own sin. Instead, we run around, and that's self-righteous. We run around telling other people that they need to fix things, but they don't fix things in their own selves, their own walk with Christ. People can see it. So when they're confronted, they play the whole, like, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, I'm, I've been a Christian a lot longer than you, or, you know, I'm older than you, wiser and smarter than, you know, than you are about life, and you need to just respect my word. No, that's not how it works. Because it does talk about even later in scriptures that Paul does tell um, Titus to make sure that you train the, the older men and the older women to be able to train the younger men and the younger women. And that makes sense. But it also means, too, he's saying seek out those that are also stronger or mature in the faith as well you got to make sure that you're not just going up to some old guy just because he's he's wise and smart if his faith and his his maturity is not there he can't train someone else but it's also the same for even younger the younger uh, people in your church are they also being able to reach even the older people with some of the growth that they've gained and the wisdom that they've gained because i've seen that too and this is the the picture of discipleship, mentorship, is what it's supposed to look like. Like We've created a culture in our church that older people have kind of played the game of, well, everybody, everybody younger just thinks we're just too old and we're like useless and can't help, so therefore we just sit back and don't say anything and don't do anything. It's a, it's a, or it's a, it's a younger people's uh, world now. No, no, no. You should be sharing your wisdom. You should be involved with these young people in your church. And I'm talking to you guys that are especially basically older in the faith, who are stronger in the faith, who have a maturity in the faith, they should, you guys specifically, so even if you don't consider yourself that, but you guys that are listening, 
you guys should be mentoring and teaching the younger men in your church. You should be involved with those men. And women who are listening, the same with you guys. And even if you're in your 30s, there's still younger people that you could talk to and teach and you can mentor or connect with that you could share your faith and your growth and what you've gone through. None of us are excused to not be able to mentor someone else. So got these progressive people who are calling out, don't judge. You can't judge me. There's no way you're allowed to judge me. But if we were to go to 1 Corinthians 5, we will discover the whole section is Paul condemns spiritual pride. He states, I can hardly believe the report about sexual morality going on among you, something that even pagans don't do. I am told that a man in your church is living in sin with his stepmother. Moving on to verse 3. Even though I'm not with you in person, I am with you in spirit. And as though I were there, I have already passed judgment on this man. In the name of the Lord Jesus, you must call a meeting of the church. And I will be present with you in spirit, so will the power of our Lord Jesus. And you must throw this man out and hand him over to Satan, so that his sinful nature will be destroyed, and he himself will be saved on the day of the Lord, when the day of the Lord returns. So he is even encouraging us to make sure that, especially with this specific sin, to let them, you know, to kick him out. But that's only if they haven't repented. And I have seen this a lot in churches where people have repented. And then they kicked him out anyway. And that's wrong. But if they have not repented, kick him out. And if you rush down to verse 9, this is what you know people talk about that first half. But verse 9 even tells you, When I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin. But, in verse 10, I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin or are greedy or cheat people or worship idols. You would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. I meant that you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer yet indulges in sexual sin or is greedy or worship idols or is abusive or is a drunkard or cheats people. Don't even eat with such people. Once again, God's telling us through Paul that we're supposed to avoid these people. And at verse 12, it isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. God will judge those on the outside, but as scripture says, you must remove the evil person among you. This is something that, you know, you, we got to really think about. So when people are running around in our churches saying, you can't judge, you can't judge, that's not true. We can judge people based on the sins that we know in scripture that are true. And technically, we're not supposed to associate with them, especially if they're not willing to change and repent. It's something I want you to think about as we take a real quick break and go to the next section. See you in a moment. Hey guys, and welcome back. And we've been talking something pretty harsh about judging and understanding what it really means. 
Um, and this is the thing is, guys, I want you to understand this. A lot of churches have taken a progressive push on what it really means to talk about sin, let alone whether they should, or even taking up the mantle of just talking about the blessings and goodness of what you can get as a Christian and not talk about the negative so that we have tolerated sinful characters, sinful ideals, and made it sound less offensive or dangerous because we want to get people to just come to church and be more accepting of church. But the downfall is that we're creating also this culture of Christians that really don't understand their absolutes. This is why the progressive movement in churches is bad. It's a false teaching. It's wrong. It's creating a weak Christianity that is going to accept things that back in Noah's time was a norm where only he and his family were the only ones chosen as honorable and godly people, people of faith. Can you imagine a whole world and only one family, a mom and dad and his, his sons and their wives are the only ones that followed Christ? Do you see how easily it is if you think about it and how, how in a world could a world just become so corrupt? There's supposedly people who had faith in God. It's that progressive mindset. As we talk about it as if it's the new thing on the and on the block and stuff, but it's not. It's something that probably has always existed based on the culture and the time frame. There was always this group of people that did progressive movements. And even Paul talks about the stuff in the New Testament that people are going to be coming in. He's not talking about unbelievers. He's talking about people who call themselves believers are coming into the churches and changing the mindset. He tells them to be wary because they're coming in, teaching you things that I did not teach you. And making it sound perfect and right and correct. That's why in Galatians 1, 6 through 9, he states, I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but it is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Let's let God's curse fall on anyone including us, or even an angel from heaven who teaches a different kind of good news than the one, the one who preached to you. I say again that we have said before, if anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. This is Paul, guys. This is in his letters. This is him speaking. This is God talking that's how dangerous as you guys, as men in your church, need to step up and start teaching and growing in your faith. You need to be teaching this truth. You need to stop hiding in the background. You need to stop thinking that you can't say anything. Your pastor is teaching things that are not 
godly gospel messages that only seems to fit the culture of this world that seems to accept everything that there is no confrontation of sin that you know there's sin even in the leadership and no one is doing anything about it it is really up to you to step up and say something and if they start treating you like they don't care then it may be something you need to consider to step away from that church and go somewhere else even if you've been there for years. Because the truth is, guys, this false ideology is in our churches. It's not in a couple churches, it's not in a handful of churches, it's in churches. There's people that you probably know that would tell you something so contrary to scripture as if it's the truth because it's a progressive way of thinking. It's very similar to what we're seeing with our in the Americas. You, you could see how they're starting to try to erase or change history to remodel and reshape a different type of America. The point where they're actually, and this is not trying to compare scripture with our government or slash America rules, but the constitution. Why do you think they're attacking that? Why do you think people attack the scriptures? They want to break the foundation foundation of our government system the foundation of american ties is our constitutional republic that we follow that constitution defines the foundation of american ideology and if you could destroy that then you can plant a new seed it creates a new form of thinking of people for what america is supposed to be that's why they're trying to say that the police are were or were or kind of are still slave police that were created back in this war which is a lie and there's no historical connection to that that's why they're tearing down all these statues because you remember one of the main issues with israel if you go look in the old testament is that they forgot their past they forgot their history because you remember how many times did Israel say, okay, we repent, Lord, they got on right track. And then just a few generations later, they fall right back down and they are enslaved again. And they cry out for God for uh, some type of salvation. And he brings a judge to come in and they take the people back and they go back to Israel and the people praise him and they seem to be on the right track. And then suddenly they forget and they do exactly the same thing over and over and over again. That's why. When you start forgetting your past, you start forgetting what did and did work, didn't and did work, excuse me, or you forget the truth, the foundations of truth. So if you can break down the foundation, break down the constitution, then you can create a new version of truth, new constitution with a new way of looking at things. And if you could do that with scripture by making people soft, because you can get in such an easy argument with someone over feeling versus actual biblical truth, the scriptures say it, but they point at you and say, Oh, you're judging, you're being, you're judging people, you're judging people. Well, I'm not judging. God has already judged those that don't know his son. They're already being judged. I'm just repeating what he has stated. That's basically how we're supposed to be 
So if there is this progressive movement within your church or within your ministry that you're a part of, you need to be ready to defend it. That's why later on, if you go to Jude 3 and 4, states here, dear friends, and this, this is under the danger of false teachers, dear friends, I have been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation we all share. That's the main focus. Our focus should be on the gospel message, telling people about Christ, telling people that sin is wrong and that there is salvation, a grace through Christ, what he has done. But now I find that I must write about something else, urging you to, de to defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all to his holy people. I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches. See, the progressive mindset is already in here. It's not something new, something that Paul, even back then, was warning. Saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago, for they have denied our only master, Lord Jesus Christ. Now understand, he says, saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. We can say, well, I don't, I don't. But you're accepting people who do. I know we've talked about this, but homosexuality, people who are acting in it, treat them as if, yeah, they're saved and they're walking all right. It's just, yeah, they may have a different lifestyle. And we so we excuse it. By calling it a different lifestyle. What about people who are dating and living with each other, sleeping with each other? We don't confront them and don't say anything. And we put them in leadership roles. And, you know, she's pregnant and they're still not married. And she's in a leadership role. What up? But what about people who drink until they're drunk but yet they're a deacon in your church that's why there's rules and regulations for deacons and elders in your church you can look them up they're in scripture see there is no judging in the sense that how the progressives design it we're supposed to judge our brothers and sisters in Christ especially if it's up front that's why we're not supposed to be tolerant. Because that's, the, that's one of the words they want us to do. Or the other thing is we don't want to offend people. Well, the truth is going to offend people because it's the truth. God has already put it on there. Well, you, we need to be more open. Well, being more open means you have to not accept the infallibility of Scripture. And you also got to accept or don't accept the absolute truths that are in scripture. Because when you remove the foundations of our truth, you allow a space for another gospel to come in. And it's not the true gospel. It's not the ones that, that Jesus taught his disciples. It's not the one that Paul taught in his letters different type of gospel. It's a gospel that only works for the world. 
Our duty is to defend our faith. And if we're allowing these people to warm into our churches, we're going to lose our church. We're going to lose many generations to a false theology, a false ideology of truth that has been created by a worldly view that has seeped itself in to make things feel tolerant in an offend-free zone because we don't want to offend these groups. We don't want to offend people that may not be saved, but they're curious. We don't want to offend them. But the thing is, why in the world would they want to run away from hell if they don't know why they're going to hell? It always goes right back to the gospel message itself. I want you guys to think about this week. I want you guys to pay attention in your services that you're in. Pay attention to what's being taught to you. I want you guys to listen to the people you listen to maybe on YouTube. Um, there's different pastors out there that you know, are starting to question, and I will say it out loud. You know, the pastor at Transformation Church, Michael Todd, um, the pastor at Hillsong, especially how he talked last year, um, the pastor even at Bethel, even at Elevation Church. <clears throat> you need to be careful. You need to listen to them. Not all the videos you find that call them false teachers do it right but listen to the sermon that they're talking about directly without their input and then look up what the scripture 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 what it states to make sure that what they're talking is true because i've heard michael todd say some things recently i mean probably i think it was last fall that was not right wasn't biblically right Now, he may be great at teaching, and as, as someone has said, he's a motivation speaker, but that's okay. He could be a good motivation speaker, but is he speaking truth? That's the question you got to ask yourself. Because you could be really good to talk the talk, but if you're not talking the truth, you're going to make people fall as time goes. They're going to walk away from the actual truth and start creating one based on the pastor's version, not necessarily the scripture's version. Doesn't mean that these people don't have good thoughts. Doesn't mean that they don't teach good things. Doesn't mean that they have lessons that seem to work. The problem is, though, is are they taking scripture and are they messing it up and mixing it around to make it fit? The narrative they want to say. That's the question you got to ask yourself. It is our duty to make sure that people in the faith are walking upright and following truth. And yes, you may lose friends. And yes, you may have to leave a church. You may lose a pastor's trust because you spoke up about something that they said. But if you're studying your scriptures and you know it, you'll have the confidence to stand and you'll know that there'll be other people who will also hear and see that too. And they will stand with you. You know, once again, the, the path is narrow, not because there's a lot of people on it. It's narrow because there's not a lot of people that want to be on it. 
They like having that freedom, that openness. That's why a lot of these churches are so accepting for, for people that normally shouldn't be accepting it because they don't believe in the truth. They just want to find a place where they belong and connect. So we that we create that this atmosphere in these churches where it's more pleasant, but they don't have understanding of truth. So they keep living the life that they're living in a feel-good moments, not walking in Christ. This can be a dangerous road, so pay attention. Study up, learn, listen this week. Make sure that your church is teaching the gospel as it should and not teaching something else. Pray. Dear Holy Father, thank you for this time. I ask that you just bless this podcast. I pray that your name will be glorified. I pray the hearts will be touched and turned. And I pray, Lord, for any pastor that's out there that's either listening or is not listening, but is out there preaching and teaching a, a false view of this gospel, Lord, that they get on track. They stop trying to make the world fit good with their church that their church impacts the culture with the truth, the gospel, because people aren't going to naturally like truth. We want to feed ourselves and our self-desires. I pray that you move these men in these churches who have sat back and been too quiet and not saying anything because they don't want to lose their church or they don't want to lose their friends. They don't want to lose... um, their Christian status where they're at in their church be willing to speak up and say something and that you give them the courage to do so and that they get to see how you move and how you are working things for the good of Christianity for the truth for your Bible for everything that you are Lord that you allow them to feel that by them speaking up that they don't have to fight alone because they're not alone there's plenty of other people who are seeing the same thing. It's just that they feel like they are alone because the enemy doesn't want them to feel that there's other people around them also seeing the same thing. I ask, Lord, remove that fog of war and allow these warriors to step up with courage with their swords and their armor and their shield. Stand up against the enemy as it's trying to take over the church and let them speak against it. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I ask you guys, you know, just have a blessed day. I hope this is encouraging. I hope this will open your eyes just like it has for me. And I pray that we'll have the courage to speak up. I'll see you guys next time. God bless.